0: on today's episode of the 476ers podcast I have a guest Vic and I are gonna break down the first second and third team all NBA so take it away yeah oh. oh. uh, 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 Justice for the blind just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from Good morning good morning good morning everybody oh god bless you uh, good morning, everybody. This is the Four Seventy Sixers podcast. Uh, this is episode, uh, I forgot, maybe 29. I can't remember. It is April 17th. Uh, and that uh, very attractive voice you hear in the background is the homie Vic. Vic, say hello. Here we go. All right. So today's episode is a special episode, right? Yeah, it's not really special, but it's special in that we're going to break down <laughs> the first, second, and maybe the third team, all NBA team. We'll see. We may not have the time, you know, in the, in the, uh, light, uh, or in, uh, 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 dedication to Will Ferrell's, uh, whatever. I'm going too far. Old school. I was referencing old school. doesn't matter. Um, So let us get to it. Uh, Along with the first team and the second team, at the very least, we're also going to assign the first team coach and the second team coach, which is a genius idea, honestly, that I came up with last week. If I can just pat myself on the back shortly for it. Uh, This is probably something they should do in the NBA instead of just having a coach of the year because there can be multiple coaches who deserve it. and sometimes the coach who wins coach of the year, like like you'll have like a George Carl win coach of the year, but he, he shouldn't ever yeah. fucking win coach of the year. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so let's get to it now. I will say Vic, uh, you know, cause wow. I'm an asshole. I, uh, yeah. I, well, you would have to agree that quickly, but, uh, <laughs> um, I got a little, a little, uh, a position fluid, um, I kept it to the two guards, two forwards in the center for the most part. Um, but I got real cute with the players who got cute. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So let, let's let's kick it off. Uh, did you do two guards, two forwards in the center? Is that what you did? Uh,
1: yes, but I, I think like my first team, one of my first team forwards, or one of my, my first team center might not. Be
0: allowed to be a center. Okay, so care. we have the same center, a hundred percent. Then, um, okay, let, let's start there. Let's start. Who is your first team center? Uh,
1: Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah, same here. I don't really f- give a fuck what Anthony Davis <laughs> wants or what he thinks about being yeah. a forward. Uh, he is a fucking center, and you know this. This argument has been presented for Tim Duncan too for a while that he's a, he really is a center. Um, even though he played power forward prominently in the beginning, and there was times where Pop would flirt with like Tiago Splitter or whatever other garbage center they had at the time, um, to to move him to the four. But Anthony Davis is best at the four. That that is what he is essentially. Um, Twenty seven nine and three. He's the best center in the NBA right now. Yeah,
1: uh, incredible defender. Uh, Lakers having an incredible records. I mean kinda is no other argument
0: here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um I think my first team is is really because there there's two Lakers on the first team and I'm guessing that's the case for you too. Um mm-hmm. and there really isn't an argument against it because really I, I'm gonna be honest, and, and we've had this conversation at the beginning of the season, that Lakers roster is like fucking trash. Um it's it's essentially A D and LeBron and then it's just a bunch of just just trash i you know i guess kuzma sometimes is good uh who who in all and in, 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 to, to be uh fair i i loved kyle kuzma uh almost immediately watching him uh originally in like uh, summer league and stuff uh, but then he just fell apart as a defender in summer league he was like this menacing defender and then all of a sudden just completely fell apart um that team just isn't good. I I don't like that roster top to bottom. I I mentioned that I I would rather have the Pelicans roster, uh, and and that's still kind of true. Honestly, they're gonna they they could win a championship this year uh, off of LeBron being arguably the best point guard in the league, but um, mm. it's these two that are making it that are making them any good essentially. So you have LeBron in your first team, I'm guessing. Where, what, what, I mean, what do you do? You have him as a forward. Do You have him as a guard. I, I have him as my point guard essentially, because that's what he said he oh. was. Yeah, that's what that's what he said he was. That's what the Lakers put him as, listed him as. That this is where I get uh, fluid. They have him listed as a point guard. Um, so I said, fuck it, just to you know, fuck it, fuck the system. LeBron is a point guard then.
1: Okay, uh, I have him listed
0: as a forward because when I looked at him, uh, he was listed as a forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, he he's a forward for sure, and anywhere is going to say he's a forward. But first game of the season, essentially, I remember um, that was essentially what, uh, uh, what. What's the coach? What's their coach's name? What's his face? Um, Frank, Vogel. Frank Vogel said, "We're putting LeBron is going to be guarding once he's going to be our point guard." Uh, so, so I'm kind of just riding off that to make this a little bit easier for me and say, boom, LeBron is my starting point guard. Um, who is your, who is your point guard or who is one of your, who are your guards, I guess I should say. Uh, so
1: I guess my point guard would be Kyle Lowry.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, so the season, obviously, Kind of ended abruptly. This, we still don't know for sure yet if they're going to mm-hmm. have a playoff or whatever. But I mean, the the Raptors lost. The, I think the best player in the league, and we're second in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, is Pascal. But I think their most consistent player tonight is Lowry. And a lot like for us, like Sixers fans. With Ben Simmons, Lowry brings that same kind of energy and intensity every single night, mm-hmm. which is super important for that roster. It's a lot of, like, kind of, like, laid-back guys. Um, he opens up their offense, and he plays, <laughs> like, a
0: defense for, like, a really regular-sized human being mm-hmm. in a league full of giants. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that... Uh, you know, this is gonna be the second week in a row where you make me, uh, rethink because I I definitely fucked up with the Kyrie Irving thing last week, but I mean, fuck him. You know, he's an asshole. I disrespected him. He should have definitely been in my, in my list right behind Dame. And then Ben should have rounded it out at 10, but he, I, you know, fuck him. Um, I don't have Kyle on any of my teams, and we did, and I did a third team NBA, and I have a similar argument that you have, but I have it for CP three to be my my third team point guard. Um, okay, but I love it. I love the disagreement. I have the second greatest basketball player of all time as my first team point guard, and you have Kyle Lowry. Shout out to Kyle Lowry, Doherty graduate. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting to watch somebody so close, kind of so close to us. Uh, you know. In terms of of where we grew up, uh, you know, make it to the Hall of Fame. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to do that, um, yeah. and I'm not I'm not mad at that argument. He deserves that. He he at the very least deserves that love. And it's so important to point out that. Yeah, down the stretch. Now, some of this is because of Nick Nurse, but down the stretch of the All-Star game, it was him in the game. And as I pointed out in the podcast, it's really him that that he's really a huge part of why that uh, they win that game, which is why I called that All-Star team of like the non-flashy players, your Bam and Rudy, the, the Kyle Lowry All-Stars. Because yeah. Kyle Lowry, down the stretch of an All-Star game, is taking fucking charges and just being a menace. He's playing th- his All-Star skill. You know what I mean, which is just just being a menace, kind of. Um, and okay, I'm not mad at that. So who's your second guard? I'm guessing James Harden is the second guard. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, I know he had a uh, definitely had a weird year
2: adjusting mm-hmm. to uh, playing alongside Russ again,
3: and then the whole five, kind of like five guard lineup. Yeah,
1: um, but um, and this might be a cop out, but. I think with Harden, it's almost like the heavyweight uh, champion. Like, you got to take it away from him before Mm -hmm. you just give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. I still think, you know, he is a a walking, efficient offense Mm -hmm. by himself. Um, And he still did all the James Harden things. And without the end of the season, for someone to, like, really take it away from him, I'm going to have him there as my second guard.
3: Yeah,
0: I, I I don't really, again, there's not much of an argument. I I, I don't know how you keep a 35-point score off of the first-team list on one of the better teams in the league. I mean, they, they are top four in the West, if I'm not mistaken, last time I checked. Um, and he is, as you said, I mean, this is like a walking bucket um, who is, uh, you know, is not really... Not dazzling, he doesn't have dazzling size or dazzling speed. Uh, and again, who routinely likes to wait for the defense to get set up before he then scores on them. Um, there's something to be just said about the dude's like individual prowess that's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to play with them necessarily. And maybe I don't think they can win or go very far. But this is a guarantee, he's going to give you a guaranteed 50 wins at the least. And if you replace the best player on a far the, the the far and wide the majority of the NBA, you just replace the best player on almost any team with James Harden, they're going to be very good. You know, it's just no argument against it, really. So, uh, yeah, that's the second All NBA team. I mean, that's the second guard for sure. I, I don't think there's an argument. So I have LeBron and James. You have Kyle Lowry and and, and Harden. Um. Okay. So forwards, uh, um, we probably have the same, well, well, no, we may not have, we're not going to have the same forwards probably. I'm guessing, uh, I have Giannis and Kawhi. I'm, I'm going to venture a guess that you have Giannis and LeBron possibly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that, that's fair. I mean, I, 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 again, I cheated the system just a tiny bit. Uh, even though I am surprised, uh, it, it, I'm not surprised, but, but it'll be interesting talking about second team, um. I you know I cheated the system a little bit because it's, it's, it is bullshit. You know I I I do partly agree with uh, like Kevin O'Connor who thinks that the 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 all the all NBA teams need to be position free. I don't know if I necessarily agree with them needing to be position free, uh, mm-hmm. but it should really just be like three smalls, two bigs, and the biggest can be any forward or center, and the smalls are guards forwards or something like that i don't know how you how you fix it um i think centers need to get love because they, they they play a specific type of basketball you know like a a center doesn't necessarily have to have all the the, the special numbers to be an effective center so um right so I, you know but but the, this is having to to rig this in a way that's going to stop the four or five best players to be the best five best players in the nba being on the first team is kind of shit um but but you your your argument for Kyle Lowry is compelling and it's good, um, so I'm not really mad at that. Why don't you go ahead and I mean, give me a minute on Giannis, I guess. Uh, you know, fuck him, but give me a minute on him.
1: Well, he's the
0: MVP again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: he uh, he has all that same intensity of, of the aforementioned Kyle Lowry, but he's like seven foot tall. His mm-hmm. wingspan is like. Ever. Athleticism, competitiveness. I mean, literally and I know it's said by literally everyone, but if he gets a jump shot,
3: he's going to be the most dominant player for like for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. His team got worse roster wise, but they were on a better they had a better record mm-hmm. and on a historic pace. And I don't know if they would have got the seventy wins, but sixty eight 67
0: wins that's still crazy mm-hmm. it's still crazy with in the in the era of super teams mm-hmm. um, when like his second best player probably isn't that good mm-hmm.
1: on on a lot of other
0: rosters yep yeah that that that's fair I mean I give Middleton some love in my third team um because you know it, 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 like you said this is a team on a historic pace uh and and it's almost dumbfound. It's crazy to think that uh, they wouldn't have anybody else on any of the teams. So I said, you know, Middleton's having an efficient season is, is a good player, but he really is a third. He is your third best player uh, it, on a title team. Uh, he, he is not the second best. He cannot be your second best player. Um, Giannis is, is a fucking animal. I uh, obviously am working on a piece. Uh, for the website, breaking down the award season. And, you know, spoiler alert, Giannis is going to win uh, this year's MVP and largely deserves it. His his per 36 numbers, unlike James, and this has been much, much, a, a lot of people have talked about this. Um, James Harden's per 36 numbers go down because he's played a lot of minutes. Uh, Giannis' per 36, he's playing 30 minutes a game. So his per 36 numbers are, are historic, are Wilt Chamberlain-like numbers. So um yeah there's no argument he he is arguably the best player in the NBA at the very least is the best regular season player right now um I have Kawhi on my first team he, you're gonna have him on your second team I would guess uh 27 8 and 5 like you said earlier I mean this is probably the best basketball player in the world when the shit comes down uh there's not many other players that I want uh, in the finals so let, let's get to the second team let's talk about second team guards who do you have as your second team guards I'm, I, I have a feeling we're going to be vastly different or the exact same <laughs> do you uh do you want to have first team coach oh shit my fault you're right first team coach let's do first team coach who's your first team coach
1: uh mine is nick
0: nurse
1: mm-hmm. uh, i absolutely love how willing he is to be creative mm-hmm. and to do things that probably no other coach in the league would be able to do. Like, to completely sell out and play, like, zones and, you know, doubling, like, players like Harden, I love it. Mm -hmm. The NBA can look so uniform sometimes. Yep. And just kind of, like, almost, like, seemingly allowing – the same kind of strategies to beat teams over and over and over again and his willingness to just try different things. And it really started with the – I don't want to say shutting down, but making Giannis' life harder than
3: basically any coach had ever made it for him since he became this version of himself. Mm -hmm.
1: And then this year, almost like having a base base defense of, of a matchup zone, and coaching it so well that, like, players can run it better than any other team in the league. And they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like,
2: athletically, there's no reason the Bucks shouldn't be able to do it, but they're not taught how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just love it. Like, watching him, like, inspire me. Yeah. And I'm... watching watching the breakdown of uh,
0: his game film, it, just, it fills me with so much, like, information and, like, want to be innovative like him? Yep. Yeah. Uh I I he is the best coach. He arguably could be the best coach in the NBA. Um I have him definitely as my first team. I think a lot of people would talk about Bud as their first team, but Bud is becoming uh like I guess I mean you could almost say like a Jerry Sloan, George Carl, where he has a lot of fifty-five, 60 win seasons, gets to the playoffs and goes out in a whimper. Um, and now, you know, it's obviously not completely fair. I, I, obviously so much of that has to do with the roster you're coaching, but, um, the, the, really there's not much of an argument. I don't think anybody would have looked at last year's Raptors team, except us. I mean, we talked about, I definitely thought the Raptors had a chance to win a championship last year. I didn't think it was that surprising, but I don't think a lot of people would have looked at the Raptors, looked at the Bucs and said, the Raptors are are clearly better than the Bucks. Um, there wasn't an argument for that. The Raptors went from a seven-game series against us, lose the first two games against the Bucs, and because of Nick Nurse, his genius essentially sweeps the Bucks. Um mm-hmm. And a lot of that is is because of Kawhi. I, I talked about on this podcast how there was a story last year after they left game two, I think, uh, they win the next game, and Kawhi says, we're not... We're not coming. I forgot what he said. Something like we're not going back to Toronto to end this series. He knew they were going to end it in Milwaukee in game six uh, early on in the series. Um, and and that's credit to Bud. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, credit to, to Nick Nurse, who also, even to your point earlier this year against us, just all of a sudden pulls out a full court press and we had no fucking answer for it. Um, and they win the game off that we were up, I think 10 with two minutes to go. They do this fucking or or, or 10 with, with three minutes, something like that. They do this full court press and essentially just, he, he completely just confounds, uh, uh, confounds Brett. Uh, this is also when Ben was afraid to shoot free throws. I don't know if that would work later in the year, but I mean, he's, they've done it other times this season to other teams. Uh, to, to get back in the games and win games. And that starts with Kyle Lowry, to your point earlier. That really does start with Kyle Lowry being that type of menace and all of these other athletes and athletic guys that they have to throw that can just cause havoc. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's no argument. Nick Nurse is, is the first-team All-NBA coach, arguably the best coach in the NBA. Uh, it's so hard to argue those things, but there's an argument for it. Um, all right, so with that said, let's get to the second team. Uh, second team guards, who you got?
1: Uh, I have Luke, Luka Doncic. Okay. As my first team guard. A uh, lot of the same reasons that he was very, very high on my top 10 under 30 list. He's, to be sure, he's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, he was, what, 28. Uh, Eight assists, basically nine assists Mm -hmm. and nine rebounds. Mm -hmm. Um, Very similar to that James Harden walking triple. I mean, sorry, uh, Russell Russell Westbrook walking triple double, but in a way that seems like his teammates are much much more involved. Mm -hmm. Um, As we spoke before, the the Mavericks end up having like a top five efficient offense in the NBA with, like,
3: their third best player being, like, Tim Hardaway Jr. or Dwight Powell. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. They're – he lends so much to that team because if it dies, they can play Brunson with him, which is super important to their Mm -hmm. uh, effectiveness. He can score in so many different ways. He's clutch. He obviously needs to get a little bit more – uh, determined to be a
3: better
1: defender, but mm. ultimately though, like if you're starting a franchise with somebody, he's one of the top five guys in the league
0: for sure. Yeah, uh, th- no, there's no argument the, there. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
1: no, I, I think in a few years he'll be a perennial first
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there'll be an argument pretty much every year going forward. I mean, there's an argument this year, but every year going forward, there's going to be an argument that he's the best basketball player in the NBA. Um, I, so, so again, keeping it fluid with my, uh, positions, I have him as a forward on my list. Even, I I don't know what he, you know, I don't really fucking know what he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a point guard. Essentially. He's pretty much the point guard, but, um, but you know, came out as a forward. I don't know what he is. So I have him as a forward on my list. Um, all second team for sure. No matter what he's on the second team, I don't give a fuck if you listed him as a center. Um, He's on the second team at the very least, has a very fair argument to be on the first team, Um, has an incredible argument to be on the first team. Like you said, 28-9-9, that's up there with the very best LeBron James seasons, who is the, again, the second best basketball player of all time, arguably. And here's Luca, who is having pretty much LeBron's best season, one of his best seasons, he's having it this year. Um, in his second year, so he is. Uh, you know, I have him as my forward. Uh, who Who's your other guard? My other guard.
1: So I I went back and forth with this over and over again, but I'm gonna go with with my gut. What I what I really wanted to do, and that was put Chris Paul there.
0: Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. Listen, I, I I love it. You know, go go ahead and and regale me with your Chris Paul love, uh, so I can just shower in it. As as everyone knows here, I fucking absolutely love Chris Paul. Go ahead and and talk about him.
1: Well, <clears throat> my argument is very similar to when we talked about. Uh, Kyle I talked about him already, but anyway. Oh. Um, OKC was supposed to have a down year. Right, the Thunder were not supposed to be good. In fact, in the summer, all the NBA journalists were talking about what could the Thunder move him for. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he even report? You know, was he going to play, or was he yep. going to do the Iguodala thing? You know, the contract is so horrible; it's going to hold him back. Is, is he going to? Is he going to? You know, hurt the development of SGA? Mm-hmm. Um, and he did none of those things right he came in and was Chris Paul because literally everywhere he's he's ever played he's just been Chris Paul Mm -hmm. um he was like basically an 18 7 and Mm 5 um while sharing ball handling duties with SGA Mm -hmm. still a like an incredibly good defender for a guy who really isn't a good athlete which is Super remarkable, um, and he got that team to what sixth in
3: the West?
0: Yeah, and and and, and that, even that's not fair because the the records in the West are so close. He's a yeah. few games from being in the top four.
1: Yeah, they were fifth. They were they
0: were fifth in the West. Mm-hmm. They were a, a uh, they were like a half game ahead of the Rockets,
1: but they are a game behind their game behind the, the jazz who were in fourth place. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible. And again, that roster has some talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, SGA. I love SGA, uh, Stephen Adams, but there's not like, it, there's no other all-star on that roster.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, listen, Chris Paul has weirdly become underrated. Um, And as that was happening this summer, I remember saying, and I I tweeted this, I actually tweeted this at the beginning of the season, um, that I thought the Hornets would be the most surprising team in the NBA. would catch everyone off guard. People had them in the lottery, whether Chris Paul stayed or not. Um, But like you said, all all he's ever been is Chris Paul, which is a consummate winner. Um, People have complete... They've just... Ah, man... He's had a weird – a very weird career. I think people have always overrated his teammates a little bit. People yeah. have a weird love for for Blake. And Blake, at his best, uh, was a low-tier second-best player on a championship team. Um, and that's to me, is the reason. That kind of uh, sums up why they couldn't make it. Also, Blake is a throwback to a player that has that, – that essentially has been uh, – has been obsolete for a while now, um, and that's that. Back to the basket, power forward. That's started athletic, super athletic, and then kind of became uh, is essentially just Charles Barkley in the later stages of his career now. Um, and and that's you know he was never that. I think pe- people just completely have forgotten that this is one of the best point guards of all time. If you put Chris Paul in LeBron's body, uh, you might have somebody who's a better passer than LeBron is as is already. Um, like this dude's a genius basketball player, an incredible defender, one of my, arguably my favorite all-time point guard. Um, somebody asked me the other day who was better, Steve Nash or Chris Paul, and I didn't even bat an eye. I said Chris Paul. Uh, and that's kind of disrespectful considering that Steve Nash is a two-time MVP, but I would take Chris Paul all day. Um, I'm not mad at that. I have Chris Paul on my third team, um... And, and and he deserves to be on this team somewhere regardless whether second team third team the, the he deserves to be on it also uh is at the top of the league in almost every single clutch scoring category right now it, it, he has the highest usage rate in the clutch the most clutch minutes in the NBA um, their late game they have a lot of late game wins and it's because of Chris Paul just like hemming defenders up uh hitting that that mid-range jump shot that no one can stop um they are a Chris Paul hamstring away from beating that Warriors team, and that is a credit to how great Chris Paul is and how great James Harden is, that they could have beaten that Warriors team, and, and somehow people have just underrated Chris Paul now. Um, so, yeah, I'm not mad at that. My guards. All right, so I'm going to get cute with my guards. <laughs> All right, get ready for this one. Strap in. One of them is easy, all right? One of them is not that cute. It's Dame. I have Dame as my second team guard, 29-8-4. That team is not good. Uh, They they are competing to get into eighth, and it's because of Dame. It's pretty much single-handedly because of Dame. Uh, CJ is coming on late. He had a bad start to the season, also had a bad end to last season, was just in this weird slump, Uh, started picking up a little bit later, especially after Dame got hurt. Um, but after that, they're devoid of, of any good players. You know what I mean? They just don't have a a good amount of talent on that team. They gave, they also lost players in the off season that would have helped them guys like Mo Harkless that they could have used, you know what I mean? Would have been useful for them. Um, just kind of giving them away. They lost every one of their big men. Essentially. Nurkic gets injured. Zach Collins gets injured. a, A young prospect who, who I think, you know, has a, has a nice upside, um, and it's just Dame, essentially. Dame who, last time we saw Dame in the playoffs, just, you know, get swept by the Warriors, in all fairness, but also just walks the, the thunder the fuck out of the playoffs with the biggest dick shot, one of the biggest <laughs> dick shots ever hit like, in the history. Uh, I'm pulling it from here, which, you know, we joke we joke about, you know, PG says in that interview, oh, that's a bad shot. And it's like, th- this is this is one of those things where, where, I think the casual NBA fan may take PG's words and say, "Yeah, he's right." Uh, but in reality, if you if you're if you understand basketball, you understand these players. It's a bad shot for certain players. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if Russ took that fucking shot, I would throw my TV out the window. What the fuck are you thinking? But Dame taking that shot, yeah, no, that's a good shot for Dame to shoot. You know what I mean? That's your dumb ass fault for not thinking he would pull that. You know, like very yeah. confidently pull that. Um, So I have Dame and then my other first team uh, who I've traded a million times for players who are lesser than him. And I I apologize sincerely to make it up. I have now put him on my second team all NBA uh, is Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? And part of this is because of the the last time we saw him playing. um, He was showing that he was one of the five best players in the NBA essentially for that last month before the injury. Now. The injury is important because the effort he's putting out, his body may not be able to sustain such a superhuman level of fucking effort. Um but you know 17-8 and 8 for for the season, 2.2 steals a game, um is is a, an offense all to himself as you said before minus the three point shooting uh that he minus being able to shoot, but then also on his best defensive night is an absolute uh, can, can essentially cut off half of the court single-handedly. Like we talked about Kawhi, when Kawhi's on, Ben will essentially cut off half of the NBA court uh, by himself, half of a basketball court, uh, blocks three-pointers routinely, all types of crazy shit like that, um, that you just don't really see a lot of guys done. I mean, he's won a game on his own defensively, like we talked about, just essentially getting steals late late in a game to, to 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 win a game. Um mm-hmm. So I, I I have been there. Uh, I I kind of disrespected, disrespected Russ on my list a lot, and I'm kind of realizing it late. I don't have Russ on any of the teams, um, and maybe he should be on one of the teams, but, you know, fuck him for right now. Uh, I got I, I been and, and, and because also partly because part of the reason why I don't have Russ is because Russ for the first three months of the season essentially was incredibly inefficient. I mean, he had become the butt of so many jokes, And so many takes about the Rockets being bad now, even though the Rockets then came on later. And it was a lot because of Russ's inefficiency was fucking horrible. I mean, he couldn't shoot anymore. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, he turns it on over the last month. So I'm not giving Russ the same bump that I'm giving Ben necessarily. Um, And maybe that's unfair. I I don't give a shit. Maybe I should put him on my third team. I have Jimmy as my other third team guard. Maybe I'll just replace him with Russ Um, because fuck Jimmy anyway. Um, so yeah, I got Ben and Dame and then Luca as one of my forwards. Now, uh, what do you think? I mean, I don't think that's too sacrilegious to have Ben in the second team all NBA. What do you, I mean, maybe that's getting too cute. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh, so I don't have any sixes on my teams because of the season being such a disappointment.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think
1: we finished like sixth. Yeah, sixth mm. in the East. Uh, and I fully expect us to be
0: third yeah, or fourth. I expect um, us even, to be first. Even though mm-hmm. I definitely hated
1: the Horvath uh, thing from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought we signed him so he wouldn't guard Joel anymore. But, um, and also
3: try to be as sort of, um, I'm I'm partial mm-hmm. as I could be, and put my head in like
2: a sports writer sort of
1: ahead and I don't think I thought it maybe be for the B writers. I don't think I think actually Ben might get more votes than Joel does if either of them get mm-hmm. any. Um, but because of our seed or our because of the Sixers' seeding, I think. It's just really easy for the, both of those guys, Joel and Ben, to not make any of those
0: rosters. You know, that that's interesting. I, I disagree with you in that. I think Joel is a lock uh, for one of the teams. I think he's a, probably a lock for second team, depending on what happens with Anthony Davis, where they put him at, because uh, the writers may say he's a forward. I don't know. Um, I think Joel, for sure, is is at the least at the least is a third team. I think he'll at the least make the third team. Um, if, if for no other reason, then what is the other center, right? You're not, you're putting Rudy there. I, I, like, fuck Rudy. Uh, you know, I don't have Rudy on my fifth team. Uh, I don't know who my fourth team center is. If we had a fourth team, but I wouldn't even have my fifth team center. Uh, all he's done is stop the NBA uh, by apparently uh, pissing off Donovan Mitchell. Um, anyway, uh, I, you don't have a. I'm not mad at that. I got cute. Definitely, I'm getting cute by putting Ben there. Um, and also I'm I'm apologizing to him sincerely a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, but to your point, that's interesting. So I, I I'm interested to hear who your second team center and your third team center, or well, if you had a third team center, my second team center is Joel. Um. Okay. There is. So, like, like, so this is this becomes an argument about. Uh, it's like a philosophical argument, kind of. Where one, his production is deserving. You know what I mean? At the very least, just his numbers on paper: 23-12 and three blocks. I mean, three assists and two blocks a game almost. His his uh, it's 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 deserving just statistic wise, right? Um, watching him night to night, I think has has made us impartial in, in some negative ways too. Um, because of, of his, you know, seeming like, like, like I mentioned last week where it's just like, seems like he doesn't give a shit sometimes. Um, and, and because of, of, and which is not completely his fault, but, uh, I think that it, it's going to be easy for writers to pile on and say that they are a disappointment because they're right. Uh, but the, the, the philosophical argument is this dude, we know. We know all the issues, right? We know that there are fucking yeah. issues with this roster. I don't think anyone thinks there's anything wrong with Joel. I think they think there's something wrong with this fucking roster. This entire situation is shit. And Joel at his best is one of the five best players in the NBA at the least. Right. So, um, because of that, it's just like, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to penalize them too, too much. I'm not mad at penalizing these dudes, uh, for, for this extremely disappointing season. Um, but yeah, I got Joel as my second team center. Who who's your second team center?
3: Uh,
0: mine
1: is Jokic.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and for a lot of the same reasons that he was on my roster for top uh, under thirty players, mm-hmm. um, he's not the defensive player. Somebody
2: like Joel is, but mm-hmm. offensively, uh. An incredible sort of initiator of offense and also your facilitator. Um, he
1: was 26
3: or he was basically twenty ten and 7. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, his three-point shooting isn't as good as I think you would think on paper. He's only about 32%. Mm-hmm. Um, but his overall, overall field goal percentage is about 53%. Uh, He's obviously, like I just mentioned, not the same defender. But he also every year his team in the West finishes like top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the third, right? They, they finish third. Yep. In the West, um, and I think Joel. Like if if I'm picking a team, there's no question I'm
3: picking Joe. Mm-hmm. I think Joe's a better player. Um, he's not the same kind of passer that Jokic is, but other than that. He can do everything Jokic can do, and I argue he can do it better. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to play the hypothetical game mm-hmm. when rewarding NBA seasons. Yeah. Like when this, when whether
1: the season is over or not, I'm going to remember 2019-20 as a disappointing year for the Philadelphia 76ers. And so I don't necessarily know as great as all those guys are, and I do think. Like I said, if any of them, I do think Ben deserves to be there, but uh, or has an argument to be there on on some of these
3: teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joker's team had forty three wins, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they and
1: and like kind of like the James Harden thing. I don't think Joel or any other center, for that matter, outside of AD, did anything to take to spot yeah. on the on
3: va list.
0: Yeah, I, I I listen, I'm not really I'm not mad at it, you know what I mean? I I'm not mad at it. I, I some some of a part of me a part of me also relied on the list we did last week. Not not relied on it, but was like, well, how can I how can I have Joel out of but behind Joker if when we did the list last week I had him in front of Joker? Uh but you're right in terms of this season, there really isn't a great argument um if you know, when you're it's it's hard. When you're looking at this, you're saying, okay, get this season in a vacuum. Who who is who was the best center? And yeah, your argument is right. And the one thing to 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 credit Joker's shooting percentages is the first the first month of the season was really, really fucking bad for Joker. Uh he was averaging, I think, 16 a game, something like that. His number all of his numbers were down. Um, his shooting was shit. There was the one game against us where Joe didn't even contest any of his three pointers, which is the thing Joe does anyway. But, uh, and I think Joker went like oh for 6 that game from three. He has a lot of those games in the first month of the season until he rounds into shape. No pun intended. Um, and essentially brings his numbers all the way up to 20 points a game. I mean, think about a month's season worth of work, driving your numbers into a dumpster. And then the next two, two and a half, three months, you're essentially raising those percentages up every single month. Um, so his numbers are a little bit misleading in that if you, if you didn't watch the season, you would have missed that part that the first season was horrible. You know, like the first part of the season was bad. Um and like you said, this dude is, all he's doing is winning games all, every regular season. You know what I mean so far? It, just winning games. And that roster, as we talked about last week, is not super impressive. I, I'm not impressed yeah. with it. The only benefit they have over Joe is spacing. So even yeah. to your argument about, yeah, Joker for sure is a better passer, but how many centers are going to succeed in the dumbass situation that Alton fucking Brand has put us in? You know what I mean? Yeah. If we give Joker Al Horford the wrong power forward, he got the good power forward from from the Hawks. Who knew? <laughs> you know, he got Paul Millsap over here. Um, yeah. But if you give him, you know, an actual guy who can stretch the floor, uh, to, you, oh, they have, you know, two what-ifs. They got Jeremy Grant, too, who I wish we still had instead of Al fucking Horford. Um, yeah. Then, you know, who knows what that looks like for Joe. I, I, the passing, for sure. The assists are never—he'll never—, he'll never have assists like Joker, but we have fewer turnovers. Probably more points if he was the starting center of the Nuggets than of of this team with with these spacing issues. Um, but it, so I'm not mad at that. You know what I mean? I, it's splitting hairs for me. Um, I, I, I'm the defense wins out for me here in this situation where what Joe brings on defense uh, yep. just just is just outweighs so any of the negatives. I mean, you know, all the numbers support he, he's as effective on defense as. As uh as Rudy is, but then also super effective on offense. So uh I'm not mad at that. All right. So let's get to the forwards. I have, like I said, Luca is one of my forwards. I've spoiled that already. Um, uh, my yeah. other forward I have is Pascal, uh, averaging 23 7 and 4. Uh and because I don't have any other Raptors on here, I mean, you credit to you. You put you you went out and put Kyle Lowry on your team, and I think that's fucking great. Um but to get so so to show some love to them, they deserve some love, whether you believe it's it's Kyle's the heart that is winning these games or Pascal's production that is winning these games. Either or I don't think either is wrong. Pascal's taken another leap. You know what I mean? Essentially, last year took a leap to being the most improved, uh, maybe could be the third best player on a team last year to this year where he's showing that that, yeah, he could probably be your, your best player on a championship team, but you need to have a really good team around that. He's like a lower-end best player on a championship team, uh, but is probably destined to be your second best, a really, really good second best player. Um, who who, is your, who are your forwards? Uh, so Kawhi is my second team, one of my second team
1: forwards. Uh, I think we said enough about him. Uh, and my other
0: quarter is also Pascal Siakam. Okay, yeah, I mean, two former Raptors there meet, meeting up in the second team. Um, yeah, I like that. I, I, you know, man, credit to Pascal, man. That that dude, uh, what, what? Wow, just wow. You know what I mean? Who the fuck knew? Who knew? This is a credit to the Raptors organization who who if we did first team, second team organizations, the Raptors would be right at the top, too. I mean, that they, they yep. Masai is just one of the best GMs, just spotting fucking value everywhere we go. I was joking earlier this year about, about Boucher. I forgot I always forget his name, his first name. Uh Boucher, yeah. who's that the 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 backup forward who's looks exactly like Pascal, fucking lanky and and yeah. you know, not super tall, but can shoot. Um and it's just like they're just finding all these guys all these guys that they build from the ground up you know what I mean Fred Van Fleet and his child Um, they just keep finding <laughs> guys you know I don't know how they keep doing they're just fucking pumping them out so uh, I yeah I don't have an argument there why don't you go ahead and give me a minute on Pascal? Pas- Pascal is like he's like
1: Giannis Light mm-hmm. you know athletic quick long physical uh the jump shot is still his biggest weakness right but he finds ways to get to and around the basket um and is a very very good finisher and and almost like an an orthodox boxer Mm.
3: you kind of don't really know what he's gonna do because it's so weird and kind of unfluid but it works
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh I don't think anyone thought he could get better after making
1: such an incredible leap last season. And and this is probably still true, but I think, at least for me, and I think a lot of us others would thought like, well, a lot of people can get a lot better when you play next to a guy like Kawhi.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: he came back and still got better. Um, his defensive versatility is also almost as, e- as equal as his offensive output. The fact that he can guard at any point in today's NBA, probably all five positions,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but is also an incredible health defender. And it's why that zone defense works so well in Toronto. But
3: mm-hmm.
1: you can place a man in a lot of different parts of the court and he's able to rotate and recover
0: as well as probably any player at his position in the entire league.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, I, I you know everything you said. I, I love it. Uh, his shot. I mean, I, I don't. You know what? I I should have wrote down his percentages, and I, I didn't write down the percentages. But I think he he might have a better three point shot than Giannis. I think he has a better shot um, currently, just percentage wise at least <clears throat> um, from three. Uh, he's also not necessarily asked to do as much as Giannis is, but. I mean, just the point that his his progression has been really incredible to watch. I think he really learned a lot from Kawhi last year. I'm going to be honest. There are games where when I do watch the Raptors, he just seems more in control. Last year, he always felt like a guy in the passenger side. You know what I mean? This year watching him, it feels like him and Kyle are driving a fire truck. Uh, in that you know they're <laughs> like they're each at a wheel controlling different parts of the truck you know what I mean so yeah. um he, just a, a, an excellent player uh, yeah fuck it the, the, that I think that makes sense I think that that is probably very likely position for him uh, no matter what um,
3: yeah
0: so let's he, let's he, he yeah tw-
1: he's basically twenty four eight and four mm-hmm. with a thirty six uh three point. Percentage.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's excellent. Giannis is down by 31, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
3: um, it's pretty low. Yeah. And he's an 80% free throw shooter.
0: Yeah, and, and,
3: Giannis
0: the, too. The, and this is also a credit to Nick Nurse who will get Pascal in really great positions. I mean, he gets him in that corner to shoot that three uh, uh, so many times a game, and he, from the corner, his shit is wet. I, I would love to see that breakdown on his corner three-point shot. I mean, he's got to be near tops of the league in, in percentages from the corner, so... um. All right, so who is your second team coach? Uh,
1: My second team coach is Eric Spolstra.
0: Oh, shit, I like that. Okay, I'm about to change my second team coach. I like that a lot.
1: I I also adore Eric Spolstra. Um, At this point, I'm sure we all know the story, Mm -hmm. going from basically the lowest rank of like a scout all the way up to the the first chair Mm -hmm. coaching. But beyond that, he has... uh, and I think like the smartest writers give him the credit, and a lot of I think a lot of writers like talking uh well about him because he's such a nice guy yep but I don't know if like the average n b a fan gives him the same kind of credit they would give like Popovich
3: absolutely or even, not like what mm-hmm. Brad
1: Stevens has gotten
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so quickly, but that like, he Kind of gets a new roster like every two years,
3: Yeah.
1: and he finds a way to make these guys good. And player development, uh, at times, I think it's hard to gauge whether I don't like. I don't like saying, "Oh, the like this coach or this organization makes players," mm-hmm. because both as someone who plays and someone who coaches. But like a lot of that has to do with how much the player wants to get better. Yeah, and I, I make the argument that is actually the most important part.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If you want to get better, you find a way to get better, no matter who your coach is. Yeah. But, but the, the the leaps and bounds that these players make on on his teams, like he, his his staff and himself, has to be playing
3: some part. Mm-hmm. Where Bam like Bam Adebayo goes from. Like the
2: forgotten guy drafted off, off that Kentucky team,
1: and then becomes probably the best player of his
3: Kentucky teams to be mm-hmm. drafted. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then all the all the other young young guys, or just guys that they can just kind of like plug and play. Yeah. Um, and in the very least, it takes a lot of like foresight and knowledge of the game to to take these seemingly random pieces and put them in position to succeed
0: together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so Eric Spoelstra is my second team All-NBA coach. Yeah, I, I'm. A, uh, I, I, so I have Bud as my second team coach, but I'm going to talk more about Spoelstra right now in a moment. Just quick on Bud. The, the, really, the only reason I have him here is because um, – this team is on pace to win sixty-seven games. Uh, Bud is just a sixty-game winner, essentially, um, as a coach. You know what I mean? Every single year, just to guarantee sixty wins. Like I mentioned in the first about the first team, um, it's not completely his fault that his rosters are are somewhat lacking. Uh, the, you know, they run into positions where it's like, well, Giannis doesn't have anything he can do here anymore. And Chris has now forgotten how to shoot a basketball and they don't have anything else. You know what I mean? Their their teams are not necessarily that good. They just lost Malcolm Brogdon. I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, Bud would love to still have Brogdon on the team instead of George fucking Hill uh, replacing him, essentially, or Wesley Matthews, whoever you have replacing him. Eric Bledsoe is fucking – Eric Bledsoe is so just like so basic – that I forgot he was on the team for a moment. That is the story of Eric Bledsoe. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for me just going on a rant right now, I would have forgotten Bledsoe existed. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of that credit goes to Bud now. But like I said, Bud is a the regular season legend. He is becoming Jerry Sloan kind of. Um, mm. So to, to Spolstra's credit, to, to give a moment on Spolstra. I never liked Spolstra. I was never a big fan of Spolstra, Probably until more, more over the last four years. It, really until LeBron left. Um, yeah, he right. was one of the youngest coaches uh, to to coach a professional basketball team. To 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 coach any professional teams ever. He was very young. Um, he right. was younger than Udonis Haslam, I think, or, or maybe not. You not maybe not Udonis, but one of one of the players was Jawan Howard. I can't remember. He was younger than one of the guys on that Heat team when he started. Um uh-huh. that first year was dealing with essentially well not the first year the what was his second year coaching or his third year maybe is dealing with the heatles and all that bullshit then they I don't know if you remember they he was dealing essentially with a lot of rumors that Pat Riley was going to do the exact same thing he had done to Stan Van Gundy in 2006 was essentially fire the coach and then assume head coaching duties to take them to a championship. Credit to Pat Riley. He doesn't do that. Uh right. spolster then, you know, the, the the team goes, you know, deals with D. Wade essentially just really D. Wade falls off a cliff kind of after that first heat year. Uh first yeah. the first two years argue, you you could argue. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of just falls off a cliff. And since then, has, there's a lot of drama with Miami. From fucking Hassan Whiteside last year, uh, oh, <laughs> essentially blaming man. the coach for him not shooting threes. Hassan, you're fucking trash. Relax. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cool out. Uh, to this year, to this year, Dion Waiters and Gummy Gate. Um, just all these, like, oh, yeah. we, you know, all types of, just a lot of headache players. Dragic is kind of a headache a little bit on the low that nobody talks about. There are a lot of headaches. Um, on this team that he deals with and all he does is manage to keep the ship afloat and going in the right direction. Uh, to, To their credit, nobody had them being as good as they were. Um, the last few, the last, you know, 10 to 15 games before the season got suspended, they were struggling, but no one saw them doing what they did over the first, you know, however many games. I I wasn't that impressed with them signing Jimmy. I thought they could still miss the playoffs. Um, them being successful is a hundred percent credit to Eric. Um, I would have Eric fighting with Brad Stevens for the third team because the Celtics, They're not getting any love here, and you could argue that that they may not get a player on the third team. I have Tatum on my third team, um, but you could argue that they will not have any player on their third team, Uh, and that's that is a credit to Brad Stevens. So uh, you know, just almost showing showing the Celtics some love. They're third in the East. Um, and have had a rotation of injuries pretty much all season from Gordon Hayward, who who started fast, broke his hand, fell off, uh, Kemba, whose knee seems to have shit the bed all of a sudden. Um, so, you know, I, I gave Brad, Br- Brad Stevens some love there over Spoelstra. I don't know. They, they can fight for that third spot. Uh, it's hard to argue against a team that's on a historic pace to not have that coach somewhere in the talk. Um, but I'm not mad at it. All right. So real quick, uh, I'm going to real quickly run through my third team. Uh, and I, then we'll talk. I
1: created a third team as you were
0: going on. Oh, you did? Okay. Okay, sweet. Let's do it then. All right. So uh, let me go first. My third team guards, which I think I might change on the fly right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have CP3 and Jimmy written. Um, but uh-huh. I, I may I may sub Jimmy out for Russ. Um Russ's season deserves some credit, if not for anything that when they that that team was kind of I don't want to say they were falling apart, uh, but they were going away because Russ was trash, and then their bounce back was because Russ turn because Russ turned it the fuck up. Um, yeah. Essentially, they lost the center. And did not lose any real rebounding or rim protection because the guys like Russ, who are like fucking animals, are just so aggressive doing everything around the rim, um, both offense and defense. uh, They still maintain a certain ghost around the rim. And a lot of that is because of Russ. I I think what surmises Russ best is is that corner three-pointer when he's talking shit to one of the fans. And the fan is telling him to shoot, and he catches the alley-oop over Gobert. Like, that yeah. sums up exactly – that sums up Russ. You know what I mean to me? Um yeah. it, it just uh, – what were his season averages? Uh, let me see here. 28, 8, and 7. Um, it, and, and the numbers suggest that when he is running the offense – and James is out of the game, their offense is actually more efficient with him running it uh, because he runs it that Tony style. You know what I mean? This, you, when you watch the games, you're seeing the seven-second or less offense running with Russ, not with, with James Harden, essentially. Um, and, yeah, because Jimmy submerged our team, so fuck Jimmy. Uh, ma- maybe Jimmy deserves more credit for submerging the Sixers uh, and should be first team, all, all, all NBA. But, you know, as a Sixers fan, fuck Jimmy. Uh, so I got CP three third team, and I think I'm gonna put Russ instead of Jimmy uh, as the other guard. What, what do you What did you get? Uh, who you got as your guards?
1: Uh, my guards are Russ and Kemba Walker.
0: Okay, give me a, give me a minute on Kemba. Uh,
1: so Kemba was uh, one of the starting guards in the All Star
3: team mm-hmm. if that matters to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 21. 21-
2: one points per game sorry uh five assists and four
1: rebounds mm-hmm. while shooting uh football percentage is uh kind of low forty two not mm-hmm. as low forty two from the field 80 80, 87 from the from the line mm-hmm. and from three he was about thirty eight
3: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, solid split yep. um, but he's kind of
2: in particular in the beginning of the season before it hit him you know
3: shot off. He was the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, his penetration,
2: and we know this as Sixers fans, mm-hmm. his quickness and penetration
1: uh, caused so much havoc for, for defenses, and it opens up so much for teammates because he is a willing passer, uh, a line way that Kyrie wasn't always mm-hmm. willing to do. Um, he's a very tiny guy. Uh, like, I think he listed at, like six foot. I don't believe it,
0: though. Yeah, I don't think
3: so. Um,
1: but he he does try, he does have uh, he does put effort uh, on defense. Mm-hmm. But offensively, though, the fact that he can get by any single defender uh, and make a smart pass
2: is opens up so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's one of those guys. I think you can put him on a lot of teams, and they they
1: instantly get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also a very very good teammate.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: and like you said, the the Celtics
0: would
1: finish third, mm-hmm. so yeah, they,
0: eventually we have to put some Celtics on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know what? To, to to your point, one thing about Kemba that I'm going to give him some credit for here, it, it, which is which is to shit on Kyrie and further my uh, uh, argument from last week, uh, <laughs> is that is that nobody nobody would look at Kyrie and Kemba in a vacuum and even suggest that there's a comparison. I think people would immediately say, "No, Kyrie is better than Kemba," pretty easily. Um, however, the Celtics got better by subtracting Kyrie and adding Kemba because of what you just said. Kemba fits the mold. He fits into the offense far better. Uh, It's just easier to accommodate into an offense. I think, like you said, he makes teams better because he's going to run the offense that this team wants to run. So if you add Kyrie, for example, to the Nuggets, he ends up muting what are Joker's best talents because it's Kyrie. But if you add Kemba to the Nuggets, he ends up uh essentially essentially furthering what Jokic is best at. And that is now now you add a dribble handoff that would be like do- dominating, right? Be devastating to watch Kemba and Joker run a dribble handoff together. Um so so I'm not mad at that argument. My my only argument against Kemba was that in the first, I would say the first quarter of the season before Gordon got hurt, Gordon was looking like the best player on that team for a bit. Mm -hmm. Then he gets hurt. Then they have a couple weeks where it's kind of a give and take between a few different guys. Jalen has a good night and Tatum has a good night. And then Kemba has a good night. And then finally Tatum just ascends and kind of takes over. Um, so it's like when I when I think about the Celtics season, when I think about the games I've watched, I always I, I think no one's painted a flag until recently Tatum painted the fact like, yo, know, this is my team. You know what I mean? So that's essentially my argument against Kemba. That's why I have Tatum on the third team instead of Kemba. Uh, but like you said, eventually somebody, one of the Celtics has to pop up here. Uh, and I don't think there's a wrong answer between Tatum or Kemba. Um, which kind of shits on my list last week, considering I put Tatum in front of Ben. But I I just, Tatum's upside is not that Ben doesn't have, I don't know. Maybe I got to really revise that list. Um, well, the list is different. You're right. Last week was who do we think are the best players, not who we think
1: we're best players
3: today.
0: Yeah. 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 I just, Tatum has a a, a crazy upside. You know what I mean? His ability to score and just do things is, is, is crazy. Pretty much average 22, 7, and 3. Um, you know they deserve some love there so um okay let's get to the forwards so who do you have as your forwards uh so my forwards i also have
1: tatum
0: okay and i have
3: butler jimmy butler okay
0: forwards. i don't know what the fuck jimmy is sometimes sometimes i, I don't know what jimmy <laughs> is you know what i mean but, fuck, I, but besides an asshole i don't know what he is um <laughs> Uh, you know, and I don't want to, you know, it's not Jimmy's fault. Uh, it's not all Jimmy's fault. It's not all his fault. So I, I got to stop shitting on Jimmy this way. What if Jimmy ever heard this podcast? He gonna run on my fucking mouth and i have nothing to say. i have nothing to do about it. He's going to pull up playing blasted country music on Fifth Street and beat the shit out of me to, to Garth Brooks. That's um, <laughs> what, Garth Brooks backdrop. Um, no, it, one day I'll, I'll reconcile with Jimmy. I'm just angry still. Um,
1: yeah, he listed as a forward yeah. for all-star voting on that to about
0: forwards. Yeah, it's just it's everything is turning so weird now. For there are so many forwards in the NBA that initiate the offense. Yeah. You know, it's like it's right. I, sometimes I don't know how to judge it. Um I had Jimmy as a guard in my mind. Uh that's why I had him as a guard. I I, I if if you know what, if I move him to forward, that may push Middleton out. Uh there's an argument oh, yeah. there for for uh for me Middleton. So so I have Tatum. Yeah. Middleton is my other forward. Uh, my argument for Middleton, which, again, I don't even know what he is. He's listed as a forward, but he could be a shooting guard. Um, Middleton is, at this point in their careers, I think Middleton is a better defender than Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, but what, what Middleton lacks that Jimmy has is like that, uh, that I guess, like that willpower. You know what I mean? That's what separates them. Whereas Middleton is level for an entire game, and that's his problem. Jimmy might start off bad, but when the shit gets tough, you, you probably want the ball in Jimmy's hands. Um so I'm not mad. Middleton though is a better to me is a better offensive player. He can just shoot from anywhere on the court, can get to the rim. While he doesn't necessarily get to the rim often because his shot is so fucking wet. Um he doesn't usually have to. Um so I I I don't know. You know, that's a toss-up to me. Middleton or Jimmy. Um, I'd have to really think about that. Middleton 26 and four, Jimmy 27 and 6, pretty much. Um so yeah, I'm not mad at that. Uh who, so my center I have is Joker as third team and that's unfair. It, it's a little it's unfair because there's so much uh muscle at center. Uh right. There's not a lot of muscle, but there's enough muscle that the third team offensive center doesn't tell the story of how good the third team offense, the third team center is probably going to be if you have AD as 1, Joe as 2 and in my case Joe as 2, Joker is 3. Um it doesn't tell the case that Joker if you were voting MVP right now, finishes above Joe, and to me, probably finishes above AD, um, arguably. So yeah, I don't know. So so go ahead. Who's your third? Who's your center?
1: My center is Bam bio.
0: Okay, okay, I'm not mad at that. Still, still shitting on on Joe. I'm you know fuck him. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I'm, I'm not specifically shitting on anybody. I think that though. Um. Like as the season went,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like it was disappointment, and like, he were third, finished third in the East,
0: fourth. Um, I think fourth. Doesn't yeah, matter. Fourth. Yeah, go ahead. It don't make a difference. Yeah,
1: they finished top four in the yeah. East, and um, I don't know. I just think, yeah, uh, and like he's probably gonna be the most improved player. Not that That means you should be a All
3: mm-hmm.
1: NBA, but I. I just think overall he he had a a better top-to-bottom season. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, my expectations for Joe are higher. Mm -hmm. uh, But still, um, and also, like I said, I try to put myself in the shoes of a sports writer, and I think Bam's going to
3: get more love, even even if it's just because of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But just watching him play, and and I watched him play in college a little bit, but he was so raw,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and like a lot of other... Uh, Hyper athletic, sort of big
3: mm-hmm. in college. They're just sort of used as rim runners. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did not ever, ever have the chance to have the
1: ball. In his hand. And in Kentucky, with all that talent, it's always it's kind of hard to figure out who actually is the best player mm-hmm. on those teams. Like when you see, like, a, when you see, like, Tyler Hansborough or Devin Booker um, or even Eric Bledsoe earlier in his career. You're like how are these guys on these teams doing nothing?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's just mm-hmm. so versatile. Yeah,
1: so incredibly versatile. Where offensively, he just looks like a giant guard mm-hmm. sometimes. But then on defense, he looks like a center. Mm-hmm. Or can look like a guard. Like, uh, he's so fluid. He's so quick. Um, and like I said, with with Miami. He's going to get better. Mm-hmm. He's going to get better. And, like, if he becomes a knockdown shooter, if he improves his handle, he has vision. He passes so well. Like, it's it's so incredible. Like, he could be the Swiss Army, like, the best Swiss Army knife in the NBA
3: mm-hmm.
1: in a few years. And that could be devastating to the
0: Eastern Conference. For sure. Yeah, you know what, what's funny is earlier this year I had this thought about what's th- th- this kind of trend that's happening in the NBA, and this is what I call the Draymond Green All Stars, um, uh-huh. where there seems to be you're seeing a lot more guys, headlined arguably by Giannis, right, where it's these these positionless guys essentially that just have really long arms. Um, some tall, some not as tall. So you got Draymond who started this trend. To say, you could arguably started this trend. Really, probably like Lamar Odom started this trend or somebody like that. You know, maybe Scotty. I don't know who you would consider. Um, yeah. Who it's this guy who can initiate your offense, but is also the best defender on the court. Um, and you have Giannis who really has taken it to the next level. Guys like Ben, Pascal, Bam right now. Who it's these guys who are just uber-athletic, super long, can handle the ball and can initiate your offense and is probably the most destructive defender on the court. And it's all part of this Draymond Green All-Star team that I got here in my mind. Like, uh, I'm not mad at Bam um, being being there. Bam, they the reason why they are so good, Jimmy's getting a lot of credit and, it, you know, it's fun to talk about Tyler Hero and talk about Duncan Robinson who are like, you know, the new Splash Brothers arguably or what, what have you. Um mm-hmm. I mean Duncan's having like a an incredible, incredibly efficient uh shooting season. Um, yeah. but it's Bam. Bam is what has made them uh as good as they are. And I I'm pretty sure I mean even in the 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 JJ podcast with Jimmy, I think Jimmy gives Bam that credit. Pretty much says, like, you know, we go with Bam kind of. Um yeah. and and that's that's uh, you know, I don't have an argument there. My other uh, I had a couple guys, I just, uh, two guys I wrote down, I wrote down PG3, if if we wanted to get cute about the positions, and I, you know, I had to have less, or, or if I was missing forwards, I wrote down PG3 and Sabonis, um, just to show them some love, if I had to take somebody out of Who's here.
3: Who's PG3? you mean Paul
0: George? I'm sorry, uh P- Paul George. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not PG, okay. I'm sorry. Paul uh PG13, I'm sorry. He lost the one because he took a drop this year, so he lost the first <laughs> part of his number. Um so I put PG13 here and I put some bonus um just yep. to give him some love. Sure. Uh, did you did you write down a third team coach? Uh, no, but
1: I'm going to but I'm going to say if I had to have have one, uh, I looked over I looked over a list real quick. I I would have to give it to Bud. Mm-hmm sort of by default. And not
3: that he's not deserving. Yeah. But because the the, the team was doing so well. Yeah.
2: Um, I think a, a part of it
1: is just because this is nothing new
3: mm-hmm.
1: with Bud. So, um, like anything, we get a little bit desensitized to his team playing well and winning games. Um, but, so he probably deserves more credit than I may be giving him, but – yeah, he's just, he's just a really good coach. I mean, his offense seems to translate even though, like, his teams have been pretty different mm-hmm. um, from his Atlanta Hawks team versus his – well maybe actually they're not that much different. Mm-hmm. But at least on paper, they look a lot different. But he's able to sort of manipulate Russell so that he can get the same sort of production and, like, maybe – Giannis is a lot more, maybe Giannis is like, you know, super same Paul Millsap,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And maybe Brooke Lopez is a lot like a younger Al Horford
3: mm-hmm. than, than we realize. But either way, the uh, systems
1: translate. Mm-hmm. And in and, and, and a, and a league where everyone is shooting three, you know, they consistently have a really, really good defense that gives up the most
3: 3s mm-hmm.
1: Um. So like I give a lot of credit to him for not being afraid to try different things. Yeah, um, and just a really
0: good coach. Yeah, but that's an that's an interesting comparison because then if you keep going, you say, well, they had trash Jeff Teague and he traded in for trash Eric Bledsoe, uh, and it's still going well. So that makes sense. Even though at the time, let me let me stop uh, being facetious here. At the time, Jeff Teague was like a twenty point scorer. Um, he he had his moment. He had a moment in the NBA yeah, where he was really good. Was um, Schroeder was their backup, uh, who has proven to be, you know, is is part of like this three-headed monster in OKC. So um, yeah, I think I think that that wraps it up. I think that's fair. Uh, that's our teams. I'm glad that the lists were pretty different um all right let's take a moment here let's talk about uh the documentary now you wrote a piece for the website that will hopefully uh once i uh whoever said wordpress was easy is a fucking is a son of a bitch um and hopefully i will have that up in the next day or two uh before the jordan documentary comes out but let's take a moment um I guess, what do you, what do you expect? Uh, do you expect a lot new? Do you expect anything new from this documentary that we have not heard?
1: So I guess it depends on, like, how much you already know, which
0: mm-hmm. is a cop-out answer. But so, like, for, for me,
3: I'm not sure how much is going to be new. Mm-hmm. I think
1: what will be new will be more about people talking about him uh, in a way that might not be incredibly flattering,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I was in the piece. I write that you know I hope that isn't ten hours of saying how amazing he is. Yeah, um, and then over the past few days, uh, you know you, we've been seeing a little bit more and more that the teasers are coming out, and, and uh, Michael Jordan himself said yesterday in the mm-hmm. interview that he thinks people are going to think he's been like an asshole mm-hmm. after watching this. Which made me excited. Yep. Because that means that they are going to talk about him in a, in a non-flattering way at least part of the time. Yep. Um, and at, you know, as I've told you before, and anybody who follows me online knows that I've been reading
2: Michael Jordans The Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and prep for this, and I'm three hundred
1: and I don't know something pages in. I'm twenty one chapters in out of the thirty eight, and there's a lot of stuff,
2: and particularly, uh, particularly
1: about his family dynamic, mm-hmm. that I had no idea about. A, he's done a, a really good job <laughs> of making sure that that stuff
3: didn't really become super public mm-hmm. and the people around him. Uh, but I think a lot of
2: that, too, was he's in the 90s a lot different
1: from the 2000 and 2010. Yep. Um So, uh, and I preview a lot of that in the very short, but I think concise piece. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see, more than anything else, um, I think as we're watching this, in particular and people who may not have been the biggest Kobe fan, Mm -hmm. seeing a a, a lot of Kobe in Jordan.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And, but I I really am wondering if they're going to talk about his family dynamic in, in the same way that I'm reading about it in his book. Yeah. I'm not sure if they would because I don't know. I know that he loves both of. He loved his father. He definitely loved. I don't know if his mother's still alive. I'm assuming she is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, loves his mother. I don't know if he would really allow a lot of non a, a lot of things that would be uh, unflattering to come out about them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure. um, but I'm very sure to see if it actually does. Even if they just mention it to like sort of. Have us ponder about what sort of those implications are of that stuff, but you know everything from sexual abuse
3: yep. to federal c- conviction mm-hmm. um, to like
1: uh, manipulating Nike and forgetting getting stuff yep. in stores. It's it's a lot that goes on, and in fact, everything I'm learning in this book, most of the stuff about Jordan isn't new. Because mm-hmm. as you know, I've kind of been obsessed with him since I was a kid, anyway. Yeah. But the family family dynamic makes it even more so even more compelling, and I think um, this is even more evidence to why there never will be another Michael Jordan mm-hmm. because of everything that was going on behind the scenes that no one knew about, and he still was able to do so much on the floor. Um, and if they don't talk about it then and I'll fill the gaps. It's
0: like i I might be able to do that anyway. Yeah. With every with every week, fill the gaps with stuff that wasn't talked
2: about in those episodes. But um
1: I, I am incredibly excited. I've been watching so many of his uh, games on YouTube, reading this book. Yesterday
3: I read five chapters of this book. I was up for four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. reading this book. Um,
2: and all the little competitive things that like
1: I love, all the little trivial competitive things he used to do that that I I loved and like would tell my players or try to model
2: as a player and the and coach mm-hmm. like the whole like the whole ping pong story, which I
1: didn't put into the piece which I think will eventually make it onto the documentary for sure he, he, he plays ping he loses ping pong game to the the B writer Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think he was like one of the only black B writers at the time so he and Jordan were pretty close for a while and. He loses to Lacey and he tells Lacey, all right, well, we're going to play for money. And eventually he beats him like seven times in a row mm-hmm. after buying his own ping pong table. And the, the story, some people say that he actually hired a coach, too, yep. to teach him how to play ping pong. <laughs> and then after he beats Lacey five times in a row, he never plays against Lacey again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he just says, all right, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. he, he probably never
0: picked him. up a ping pong paddle again, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he would not even play for fun. Yeah. You said Jordan wouldn't even play for fun after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think what I'm, I'm also hoping is uh, a, a new generation of, of people, including people our age for some reason, mm-hmm. or, or in, from my, maybe even my age, I mean, mm-hmm. they still don't understand Jordan as being this incredibly
3: like singular personality player mm-hmm. movement in basketball
0: and I'm hoping this documentary can help them, enlighten them, yeah. so that the slander can, can start to stop. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think, the, to your point about his fa- family dynamic, there's a reason why that, uh, that conspiracy ever existed, that his father was killed because of gambling debts, because of gambling debts that MJ had supposedly accrued, um... There's a reason why that story exists and I'm not gonna get too too much into it, but to your point uh yeah he's had a, a very very uh his his childhood is not exactly how it's painted in space jam uh, I'll just <laughs> say that <laughs> uh, um, yeah. and um uh, and and it also kind of shows in his own personal life when he gets older with uh, his uh wives and i th- I think he's had three wives I might be wrong um and he has a a couple kids from a couple baby uh, a different a different woman if i'm not mistaken and, and those stories are like a little like sketchy um uh and i again i never jumped too much into it but i had read a few pieces years ago about it um the to, to your other point uh, and i've mentioned this on this podcast people are really going to learn uh that he he was a son of a bitch yeah. what i hope people see is And this is going to sound trivial, but it's so important. I've mentioned this on this podcast is the thing about him not sleeping, um, which is like a true story that a a bunch of people have talked about and regaled. If you listen to with this dude, doesn't he didn't fucking sleep. Uh, and it's still somewhat true. If you go back and read the the, the period when he turns 50 on ESPN, which is, a, again, a fantastic article. I've talked about it on this podcast before. It's still true. When he's 50 years old, it just this level of competitiveness that he carries uh, essentially plagues his soul. You know what I mean? It doesn't allow him to sleep, Um and I think that's going to be one of the the things that I'm most interested in watching. I think this is not going to benefit his image for this personality, uh, I mean, for this generation that are a little bit more, I don't want to say softer necessarily, but, you know, are just a little more conscious to, to, to like toxic traits and stuff like that. That's why they look at LeBron and see someone that is uh, somewhat heroic to them um, yeah. because he's like the nice guy, someone you want to be around. Um, And and I get that, you know, I I can't argue with that as someone who talks about uh, having great teammates and stuff like that and being wanting to be a great teammate himself. uh, I can't really disagree with that ideal. Um, But the the one thing that I want to point out about MJ that I think always gets lost it it, it never not that it gets lost, but it's never been uh, properly talked about or, or ever spoken about is that there was this thing about MJ MJ never seemed like you know when you grow up, you 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 see your father and you're like he was you can't even see him as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this person is never a child to you. Well, that was MJ. Uh essentially yes. coming out of college, MJ was a grown fucking man almost immediately. Um, he never seemed like a kid, whereas LeBron is like fucking silly and again it's corny as shit by all like he's just like corny, you know, he's like a square. Yep. Um, even yeah. though he's had a fucked up childhood too, to his credit, you know, to to all these dudes' credits who are able to fight through this shit and do what they do. I mean, I, you know, I admire LeBron, and I, you know, I've had my issues with him, but I would never disparage some of the things he's managed to do in his life are fucking incredible. But when right. we're comparing these two icons, like you know, the view of MJ and the reason why I've said there can never be another MJ. Is because we will never see another. We'll never see LeBron like we see MJ. MJ was infallible. Uh, He seemed infallible. He seemed larger than life. LeBron seems human, like an incredible human, but human. MJ never seemed human. He seemed like something that was written out of a fucking Norse mythology. Uh, He seems like one of the trials that Hercules had to face. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like is not human anymore. and and that I think I, I, listen if you need any proof that he's the greatest let's see if they write a ten part fucking documentary or how however many part documentary on LeBron when it's all said and done I, I doubt that's going to happen this MJ has had a bunch of documentaries about him already and now we're doing this massive fucking one um, that is essentially season is is a, a season long documentary of MJ's life so. Um, I, I'm, I, yeah. I, You know, I'm fucking excited. Anything MJ gives oh, me goosebumps. Man. So, um, yeah. I it's not going to do him any favors for sure. I don't think it's going to do him any favors. Oh. I think it'll make people who love LeBron and think LeBron is the greatest, it's going to make it easier for them to let go of any MJ argument because they're going to be like, this guy's the greatest, this fucking asshole here? And then my answer is going to be like, yep, this fucking asshole was the greatest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I,
1: I'm not sure. Uh, I
3: just
1: think most... Casual fans, like born—I don't know—I think most casual fans born in, in the '90s are just completely ignorant to him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because like, if, unless you were obsessed with the game, you were growing up while he was great. Yeah, and then like, let's say like for me, like I have memories of him but I was, like, four years old, and mm-hmm. I'm not from Chicago, so I
2: don't have, like, any vivid memories. I don't remember any of these plays that he was doing in, like, real time, mm-hmm. uh, but I just remember, like,
3: watching one mm-hmm. and being, like, who the hell is this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, but for for millennials,
2: for most of us, it's, well,
1: 90s babies. It's, you know, it's Kobe, it's Iverson,
3: you know, it's T-Mac. It's those guys mm-hmm. that were the guys that, like, were our, you know our favorite players growing up,
1: um, and also this idea that the league was so much different.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? There was there was not as many athletes, or they weren't as good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Which is always a thing the younger generation says to the older generation.
3: But, yeah. I mean, Jordan kind of played besides this, besides like this kind of era, and I, I don't. It's hard to.
2: Explain the 2000s because it's already 20 years in. Mm-hmm. But besides a few pockets of when the league has been really, really competitive because of the boost
1: of talent and a few really good drafts, like 03 and 09, like he played in the golden era of the league. Mm-hmm. And he was the most dominant player, like individually the most dominant player since like his. Third year on, yep, and it probably would have been a second year if it wasn't for breaking
0: his foot. and yep. playing like
1: thirty games,
3: yep. I don't
1: know. He's he's so complex, and to be fair to LeBron, I don't know if there'll ever be a ten-part documentary because I don't know if there ever would need to be. That's true because because we've seen it all and mm-hmm. we've been able to follow him so closely because of him being in the social media era of sports mm-hmm. and of life, but. I mean, you could, but I just don't think it would be as compelling because he's Le- Lebron's not the same. Like Le- LeBron's, and I'm, I've learned this more and more as I'm reading the book that Michael Jordan was very aware that his his the people's perception of him mm-hmm. mattered a lot. Yep, um, a lot of that was his mother which is a fascinating character mm-hmm. in his life. Um, and a lot of that was because she was constantly trying to hide what her husband was doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so she was, you know, very used to like portraying something in
3: front of people that wasn't always the truth. Yep. But she also was
1: like, we, we also was, like the, the first athlete to get the shoe deal mm-hmm. to get the shoe. And, and other team other players that signed with teams, like, So like, I think probably the, the the most famous or the first famous shoe commercials was the, the the Magic and Bird one mm-hmm. when they're playing one-on-one where he pulls up, where uh, Magic pulls up in a limo mm-hmm. to Larry's backyard and they, they pretend to play one-on-one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or maybe some of those posters with Iceman or Dr. J, whatever. But Jordan got paid $2 million in the 80s to sign with uh, Nike. Mm-hmm. Which is more than most players are making from their NBA contract. Correct. Before he ever played a game in the NBA.
3: hmm
1: And he wasn't the first
3: overall pick. Yeah. Like, there's
1: so many things by him that are so compelling. LeBron was supposed to be this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He was supposed to be. In fact, I, make the arg- I can make the argument, because I'm not a fan,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he could have been better. Mm. But I actually expected more from LeBron. I okay. expected him to be the guy that dethroned Michael.
3: Mm-hmm. In fact,
1: I wanted him to be. I loved him so much yeah. before the whole Miami thing, mm-hmm. and he like betrayed us all. Yeah. Because now we'll will never know. Yep. And again, betraying us all is harsh and it's dramatic. But the point is, like the the game matters to me for sure. So I mean, not, not not just a player, not just the team, but game itself matters to me. Mm-hmm. I, um, and the biggest thing that I'm hoping that comes out of all this is that people will see, or at least I hope they will see, that Michael Jordan, like, when we, when they remember
0: him, and especially when they're comparing him to LeBron or Kobe or mm-hmm. whoever, they,
1: they talk about him, well, he had this teammate, he had this teammate. As if, like, he walked into the league and they were a great team. Yeah. And, like, that is not the case. Correct. Like, right? seven years of shit. Yep. Before he ever won anything. Yeah. Like, Having the Pistons beat him to fucking death. Mm-hmm. When he showed up to the Bulls, they were one of the worst run franchise. They were like the Knicks, essentially. Yep. Like his best teammates were known Cokeheads. Yep. It wasn't like they might be on coke. It was like no, they're on coke, <laughs> and they're and they're starting tonight. Yep. It's it like he had three coaches in his first three years.
3: hmm
1: He hated his GM.
0: Yep. Hated him. Hated him.
1: He called him crumbs because he, he ate so much he said he left crumbs everywhere he went. Yep. Like the, the he, Michael Jordan didn't have this storybook NBA career because of everything worked out for him.
0: Yeah, he made it.
3: Right. He
1: stuck it out. Yep. And and eventually he was too good to not win which was, would, have, would have been true for LeBron too. Mm-hmm. And if LeBron would have, and I don't just staying in Cleveland, but if LeBron would have been able to replicate that organic build of a championship, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: then I probably would be on the side of LeBron Mm -hmm. because he had to artificially create it. He's he's never going to go through the lumps Mm -hmm. and trial that Jordan had to do of having guys come in and him being like, all right, let's see if you're good enough. Light their asses on fire every day in practice until they wanted to be traded over were ready to win the championship. Yep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's the difference. And that's why MJ um, was able to sustain that greatness over his basic his entire career. Mm-hmm. And then be able to leave the game and come back
3: mm-hmm. and
1: still be the best.
0: Yep. And and even to to to, to your point. Mm -mm. and i've talked about this on this podcast about tony parker and i promised i wouldn't shit on tony parker anymore but i guess i'm about to do it again um the the, one of the worst things that the nba hall of fame has done is give people the argument that's like yo but he had another hall of famer on his team or he had two hall of famers on his team without ever really understanding what that meant um scotty is not is not Scotty without MJ now Scotty in, it becomes great in his own right, but without MJ, he never becomes Scotty Pippen. And, and I hope that, that we get some of that. There's a reason why Scotty fucking hates MJ still. And we know he does. They never talked about it and it's never come out that he hates him, but we know he hates MJ because of the way he talks about him. He's not reverent of MJ. He doesn't view him as, as how we view him, for example, because he was too close and he didn't like it. Um, but the idea that when, when I talk about Tim Duncan being this great, people say, well, he had Tony Parker. And I said, well, Tim, Tony was fucking trash. All right. <laughs> Tony was trash. Relax on the Tony Parker shit. Um, and that's important to know about Scotty. Scotty is better than Tony Parker. But it's just a point that's like yeah. this. This argument is kind of crazy to me. Uh, and that's really the, the 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 point that we make about LeBron. It's like, like like LeBron didn't have that force of personality to make this person to put someone through a uh, a gamut and see if they come out better on the other side. And like even to your point about the documentary, I mean, I, the, the, like this is what it's going to break down to. It's going to be either you're going to say, do you respect the guy who punched Steve Kerr in practice? Or do you respect the guy who subtweeted Kevin Love that one time about fitting in or fitting out? You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. which which is the thing that you gravitate towards? Well, yeah, you know what? The subtweet shit, fuck that. Like, that's pussy to me. You know what I mean? This comes back to the point about LeBron being kind of corny. You know what I mean? All the subtweets and all that weird, like, shit, that's not an MJ. MJ, no matter if he's in the social media area or not, it takes a special kind of guy to just walk up to someone and punch him in the fucking mouth. You know what I mean? And that's how this dude is wired, right? He's wired this way. How Kobe was wired. Kobe was wired that yeah. way. And that's a thing that I think is also interesting to see. The amount of people who love Kobe, especially after his death, and this is I'm not going to shit on Kobe or get too, too deep into this, uh, yeah. seem to forget the narrative of Kobe as a teammate. They have completely forgotten it. You know what I mean? And credit to Kobe, who before his death had done a great job of of kind of repainting his own narrative so people would view him differently. Um, but understand, Kobe admired MJ. And Kobe took on all of those, the, all of the negative teammate traits. He kind of took those on. You know what I mean? He kind of mm-hmm. took them on to himself because he wanted to be MJ so bad. And it's going to be interesting yep. to see how people decide to judge Kobe in light of this MJ documentary. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's going to be great. Uh we'll be tuning in. We'll do a pod maybe we start doing two podcasts uh a week. We'll talk about uh the you know the that episode that they air and then we can you know do some other uh shit that we'll we'll figure out. I've been de- desperately trying to figure out two basketball episodes a week. So I think that'll make it easier for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Vic. Well, I know you got to go. You have anything to plug before we leave?
1: Um well, as soon as that soon as that wordpress site uh-huh. goes up people can read my previews to the jordan docs and then i guess stay tuned for other stuff in
0: the future yeah don't hold your breath i don't want anyone to lose their life you <laughs> 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 no, i'll be working i worked on it for no lie uh uh, I shouldn't even admit it because if someone from my job listens to this, they're gonna they're gonna ask for some money back. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I worked on it very very deep into the night. Um okay. So cool. so that's it. Uh, everybody, stay safe out there. Everyone, wash your stupid fucking hands. Everyone, stay home. Let's not open. I see a lot of people want to open a fucking. Con- just real quick, I'm gonna just say this real quick. There's nothing to do with basketball, but and I'm sure you're noticing yeah. this too. The. Uh, The type of person that is asking to open the the country, uh, like right now, they're all like the same type of person. Are you noticing that? Sure. Yeah. 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 They're on the same side. Um, So I'm not going to get into politics, though. But anyway, that's it, everyone. Uh, Wash your hands. Stay home. And uh, that's all I got. Yo. Ah. Ah. Uh-uh justice for the blind just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind
2: Uh, uh,
0: uh. yeah justice for the blind just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind